have his own edition of an audio Bible very soon. I'm just saying I would listen to it. I would listen to it. Um, just seeing uh, the, the children up here doing their thing a moment ago and, and reading this story of Jesus' birth earlier and then what happened whenever uh, the Magi went to find Jesus. You know, this particular set of stories is sometimes all combined into kind of a, a mural like this. We kind of have a depiction of kind of your standard nativity story. And uh, whenever you may have a ceramic rendition like this sitting somewhere at your house right now, sometimes we sit it out in front of churches, uh, paintings may be hanging in your house at this time of year, but it's sort of the greatest hits of all the Christmas stories crammed into one place. One of the things you might have noticed as you were listening to Fred read right here is that it doesn't say the wise men arrived to the manger. They actually didn't. So earlier, whenever uh, we, we read about the events preceding Jesus' birth, we, we know very well kind of how that developed and that Jesus was born and he was laid in a manger. But at the time whenever the, the wise men from the east arrived to worship Jesus, uh, Jesus is probably somewhere around one and a half or two years old. Shakes up what you think about just a little bit, right? But it says that they went looking for him and they, they found him. And one of the things that this story always makes me think of is this, that no matter what uh, kind of holiday schedule you have had to this point, no matter what your plans may be tonight or what you're looking forward to tomorrow, somehow, some way at this time of year, we've got to get to Jesus. We just got to get to Jesus. My friend Nathan was talking to me the other day about one of uh, his favorite pictures from his childhood. He said, I was three or four years old, and my parents took this photo of me on Christmas morning, and he said in the photo, it's hilarious because I'm surrounded by presents, but I'm playing with a box. So toys are everywhere, but I was so interested in, in that box, and he got a laugh out of it, and he says, you know, I had missed I had missed the presence and was playing with a box. And I said, you know, isn't that kind of like all of the festivities for Christmas? All of the parties, all of the presents themselves, the meals, all of those sort of things. And yet the most precious thing in the box is Jesus. And he's the anchor of this whole thing. It's why, it's why we're here tonight. Yesterday, I got a phone call, and uh, somebody we love in my family had checked into the hospital, kind of had a bit of a scare. And so I left town, and really, I arrived here on campus like a couple of minutes before the service started. Me and Lizzie came running in. And as I was coming in thinking about, boy, this is sometimes just the different festivities. They do not cooperate with a point, do they? And yet, Jesus did not come because everything was as it should be. Jesus came because nothing was as it should be. And he came on a mission to, to save and to change. So I guess the first thing I want to say to you, and we're only going to talk for a few moments, is this. It's still wise to seek out what God is doing through Jesus. It's still wise to seek it out. 
One of the most amazing little details of this story, it says when King Herod heard all of this, the wise men arrive at the city and and they're saying, we've heard the king of the Jews has been born. And Herod's thinking, I thought I was the king of the Jews. And so everybody is disturbed. But whenever Herod speaks to the scribes and those who studied the scripture at that time and said, where is the Messiah supposed to be born? What's interesting, all these rumors were turning Jerusalem upside down. They said it actually says that he's going to be born in Bethlehem. But here's what it does not say. It doesn't say that they went looking for him. I don't know if it was the case that they had kind of lost hope, that they had sort of been through this, these these prayers, these festivals, these thoughts, and they had just sort of maybe decided that, you know, I just don't know if he's ever going to come. And because they didn't go look, they missed out on the greatest thing. But these wise men, these were essentially philosophers and astrologers from maybe Persia, Babylon, and it says that they probably went on a a very long journey to get there because they knew that there was something so significant about this baby being born, that he wasn't just a baby, he had to be something more, and we see that in their reaction. So they saw his star rise in the east. And they went on this journey to find him. And here's one of the things that you can bank on about God. He says, you will find me when you seek me with your whole heart. That nobody will ever pursue God and be left hanging. And yet you can know all of the arguments, you can have all of the thoughts, you can even have the scriptures in front of you. But if you don't pursue him, you will not find him. And yet God promises to all of us that if we seek him with our whole heart, we will in fact find him. And so we see that they did, and it's the case that we can too. So how do you find the king? You seek him. You tell God with an honest heart that everything you have for me Everything that you are, I want you. I want to know who you are. I want to know who you are. And so they found him. And we see that whenever they arrive, it says that they're absolutely overwhelmed with joy and they begin to give him gifts. And so let's look at this again. Entering the house, they saw the child, so not the newborn in the manger. They saw the child with his mother and falling to their knees, they worshiped him. Then they opened their treasures and they presented him with gifts, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. You know, aside from the gold, I heard one guy say, you know, I wonder if Jesus' mother thought they were trying to get her in like an essential oil selling scheme, right? So no, it's, it's, it's 100% pure. It will change your life. Rub some on your baby's feet and then he will never get sick. I don't know. So, but frankincense and myrrh. You know, these were used for trade in the day. They were used for incense. They were used in in priestly duties, gold. The the king of metals, right? Symbolic of, of splendor, of kingliness. But there was actually a fourth gift that was here. Did you know this? There was a fourth gift that was present, and it's really easy to overlook. But it's the one thing that we can all give to the king. Entering the house, they saw the child with Mary and his mother, and falling to their knees, they worshipped him. It was actually the first and most important gift that they could give. It shows you that they did not think that they were just seeing someone super sweet and cute. 
They weren't just seeing someone who was generally speaking important because you don't, wor- you don't worship somebody who is generally speaking important. And any of us that have ever had a younger sibling, we know that you certainly don't just worship a little one. They're just not worth it. Not worth it at all, right? But seeing him, they fell to their knees before this toddler and they worshiped. And I'll tell you that in that moment, they were giving him what is actually most important to him. It's the thing that all of us can give. And it's our worship. It's our devotion. Truly, devotion is the most important thing that we can give to the king. Truly, devotion is actually all we can give to the king. You know the difference between Christmas carols and worship? Devotion. The difference in something truly given to God or just songs being sung? Devotion. It's the posture of our heart. And it just so happens that that is all that he wants. You can devote actually just anything at all to him. One of my favorite gifts that I've ever gotten from my children, whenever my oldest daughter was three or so, she was in Barnes & Noble with, with Crystal, and Adeline saw this huge Superman mug. It's like 20 ounces, massive Superman logo. She knows that her daddy loves Superman, the greatest of all the heroes, right? And so she said, Mom, we've got to get this for Daddy. Specifically, she said, Mom, I've got to get this for Daddy. Maybe another time, no, Mom, I've got to get this for Daddy. He'll love it so much. I really want to get it for him. And so Crystal pulls the trigger. She, she gets it for Daddy. And Addie was so proud to present that to me. And the funniest thing is, of course, as is the case with all of our children, she bought Daddy a gift with Daddy's money, right? Right? <laughs> That's why before we give in the offering, we always pray, God, we can only give you what has come from your hand. But do you realize that's the case, not just with financial giving, it's the case with anything that you devote to God. You can only breathe because God still has you breathing. You can only love your kids because God gave you those kids. You only have another day with your spouse because God has given you another day with your spouse. That anything God gives us is a gift that we are meant to turn back to him and say, thank you for trusting me with this. I devote it to you. I devote it to you. The light of the world, Jesus, was here to shed light on just how God feels about you. Not because you had it all together, because you don't. Not because I deserved it, because I don't, but because he loved us and because he thought we were worth it. Amen? Amen. Amen. I want to invite the band. Here's what we're going to do. It's the thing that we've all been looking forward to for weeks. Uh, Let's stand right now. We have a couple. Get your candle in hand. We have a few who are going to help us by lighting on the edge. And... um, After you get your candle lit, just turn to the person nearest to you, light their candle, and um, as we go back into worship, here's the song. We're going to sing, O Come, O Come, Emmanuel. And Emmanuel means God with us. The light of the world is God with us. 
And so as we light these candles and we light it, the person next to us, and we begin to spread this throughout the sanctuary, I want you to think about the significance that you meant this much to God and that he got so intimately involved. Lord, we love you. And in this moment, we reflect on everything that you did for us. We don't reflect on the fact that life is perfect because it's not, or that all circumstances cooperate because they don't, but you're the light of the world. In Jesus' name.
in you, Jesus. Let's rejoice to the King of Kings. He is the King. candles light up this room you have lit up the world you are the light of the world Lord we're grateful we're so grateful Lord we remember you we pray you burn bright in our hearts tomorrow Lord burn bright in our hearts toward our families and Lord help us be your people and light up the world you've entrusted us to steward in Jesus name amen hey candle coaching hand behind the candle, gently blow it out, not spraying wax everywhere. Very nice. Yeah, we pray the Lord's blessing on you in the next few days. May the Lord bless you, keep you, make his face shine upon you, be gracious to you, and give you peace. You are dismissed. Merry Christmas, friends. Reminder, no service tomorrow. Merry Christmas again. And there are trash cans at both sides and at the exits.
open sleigh. Jingle bells, jingle bells, jingle all the way. Oh, what fun it is to ride in a one-horse open sleigh, dashing through the snow in a one-horse open sleigh. O'er the fields we go, laughing all the way. Bells on bells ring, making spirits bright. What fun it is to ride and sing a sleighing song tonight. Oh, it's jingle bells, jingle bells, jingle all the way. Oh, what fun it is to ride in a one-horse open sleigh. 